Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire Podcast. Oh, yeah. Welcome to another Cobras and Fire interview. My name is Baco, and today we're going to do something we rarely do, and that's talk to a member of Bulbaflex. They are back with a new album, Eloquent Demons, out August 25th, so depending on when you hear this, you can either buy it or you can anticipate buying it, but there are no other options, because when I say they are back, they are back big. Eloquent Demons is quite possibly their best record yet. I want to spin it a few more times before I put the crown on it, but man, I have had so many rock chubs listening to it. It comes out on August 25th, uh, so depending on when you are listening to this, you can either buy it or you can anticipate buying it. There are no other options, people. Buy this damn record. It's that good, and you'll be sending some money right to the band. So download it, buy the physical physical copy or whatever, and then go stream it. Look at the stream as kind of a tip. One of you fine listeners made that analogy on our Facebook page, and I absolutely love it. So until the music industry figures out a way to give some of the streaming pile of cash to the actual artists and sustain art for the next generation and the generation after that, this is a way we can take matters into our own hand. Buy the record, then go stream it at all you want, and they'll get those little pennies and things of that nature, but it'll be more like a little bit, you know, extra after they uh, um, cooked your meal. (laughs) Well, I talked to Sean McCoy about that. We talk about so many other things, of course. It's a Cobras and Fire interview, so it is from left to right. We are all over the place. There is too many highlights for me to name any of them. I hope you enjoy it. It's always fun to talk to the very eloquent and very, I don't know, talkative Sean McCoy. Enjoy. Hey you, out there on your own, sitting naked by the phone, would you touch me? Hey you, with your ear against the wall, waiting for someone to call out, would you touch me? Baco, I'm uh, here with uh, Sean McCoy of Bobleflex, of course. Sean, how is your evening going? Good, man, good. Uh, I uh, just played a club that was attached to a giant comic book action figure <laughs> store, and I'm, I'm the big geek in the band, and of course. you get vinyl there and crazy old action figures I didn't even know existed. I didn't know they made action figures to the movie Steel, that crappy movie with Shaquille O'Neal, where he was like a superhero. So that was kind of a gas, and uh, they have a club attached to it, and a uh, stage, and a big PA, and and uh, you can drink and and go back and forth and listen to music or look at old vinyl and uh, you know old Star Wars figures. I mean, the place was huge and had all kinds of uh, crazy novelty stuff. Man, it was really fun and different. Seriously, it, it's like a comic book uh, record store uh, bar club, and you can take alcohol everywhere. Yeah, man, that's the coolest part. <laughs> what? No, nah, I mean, do you have to be 21 to get in to look at the comics? or? Yeah, was all ages. Okay, all right. Well, um, I was doing a little digging on the uh, Internet tonight, and I came across this weird article. Uh, you know, you may not recall, but we've actually talked uh, a time or two before, but I didn't know this. Uh, correct you, you tell me if this is accurate. Uh, it said that at one point you went by Sean Beaver McCoy. Is that correct? That's- no, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, what what the hell is that? I was like, B 
Beaver? I some old guy in the band that was kicked out 13, 14 years ago, a long time ago. Put some weird Wikipedia thing up. Nah. Not accurate at all. Just made a bunch of wacky stuff up. So, nope. Never been called that. Never. Okay, well, uh, uh, well, I don't know if I'm, I'm, hap, I'm happy or bummed to hear about that. I'm not sure. Uh, well, the last time we, the last time we talked, Sean, um, uh, we actually had a pretty good, uh, solid conversation. And when we posted it online, uh, Brave Words picked it up and they went with the headline: Sean McCoy thinks Kiss should redo Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. I don't know if you recall that part of our conversation because it was such yes, a small. I do. Okay, because yeah. literally I just said I think they should do it, and you're like. I do too, and that was it. And then, like, there was all this other really cool nuggets of like music industry stuff. We kind of got deep in a lot of fun stuff, and we traded a few funny stories. And that was the freaking headline they went with. Hey, if you ever want to get off subject, just call me. We'll go to other places. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, you're clearly a big Kiss fan. Oh, uh, by the way, I wanted to give you an update on the because I have a petition that I started back then um, uh, to get that movie remade with the current band and we I'm, I'm not kidding you we just passed 100 signatures about a week ago <laughs> so it took, wow. a, took a year to get 100 signatures play. yeah <laughs> now if we get to 100,000 the the uh white house has to actually comment now wouldn't it be cool if this white house actually commented on that that would be yeah. and shake up i think uh i think it would go big league if you made it <laughs> <laughs> Oh I'm my lord! Big, it would give, definitely be bigly, or it might end up sad. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Oh my lord! Um, well, I, I, before I get too far into anything, I I do have to mention one thing: is that, uh, like I said, I've talked to you. Tw- this will be my second time with you. I've interviewed your brother twice, um, and the guy that I do the podcast with, we, we, we live in different states, so that's why we do the interviews separately. Um, but he's the reason I have such a Boba Flex boner, whatever you want to call it. The, the reason I have, uh, I have an obsession with your band. Uh, one of the first uh, podcasts we did, he played a, a song by one of you guys. Uh, one of a song, one of your guys' songs, is what I'm trying to say. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I got hooked. Uh, and I just want to say, uh, hopefully the next time you talk to one of us, it's him. Because he's very intuitive and he's uh, a really good uh, speaker. And he can orate words better than I can, apparently. So <laughs> You're doing fine so far, man. I understand everything. <laughs> yeah, no. His name is Loose Cannon. And, yeah, he did actually catch up with you guys in uh, uh, Denver. Oh, just about, I don't know, a month or two ago. He, he ended up... you. You weren't around, I think, after the show, but he, he caught up with Marty a little bit, but uh, it wasn't nothing. Yeah, Marty's, Marty's in the phase I was a few years ago. He uh, parties and drinks all night, talks to everybody, and and uh, I usually go to bed after the show, wake up, go to the gym. So we're in two different phases. Now he's Mr. Mobile Flex with the party and talking to everybody at the show. And sometimes I do, man, but uh, mostly I, I, uh, I'm pretty quiet. No, yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. I mean, uh, I, I always find you chatty when we talked, but yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta bide your time. Plus, you get out there and you, you you're always nice and you look good. You're in shape and you're you're clearly taking care of yourself. So, yeah, you got to, man. You want to keep doing this, man. It, it's sad when when uh, people do it for a while, they they start looking bad on stage and everybody talks. Yeah, well. Uh, you, you're, uh, I always think it's unfair when, like, uh, an artist like Vince Neil is 60, uh, you know, that's like, man, he's close to my dad's age. Of course the guy's fat. He's a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think there's other things. If you want to pick on him, there's better things to go after, but, uh, yeah. Sure. But no, yeah, I'm with you. I, he's still got, he's still a rock star. He's still got that star yeah. power. Well, you you mentioned that like you like to get up and work out, so you guys are still doing that Planet Fitness thing in the road. To, to yeah, sh- man, it's great, and a lot of the bands are turned on to it, man. You know, the guys that don't work out in these showers every day, they're with the bus, man. Um, unless we go to a campground on our day off, but pretty much every day, no hotels. We got our own kitchen. We spend nothing on hotels. Right on. Yeah, because you 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 stay in that little traveling little. Uh, now, do you guys own that or do you rent it? The the RV. Oh, no, we uh, we uh, we uh, renovated it. 
cleaned it out, tore it out, <laughs> tore the metal out, and uh, put nine bunks in this RV. So we, uh, we've done some modifications. We've got two TVs so you can rock two video games at one time or someone can watch a movie. And, uh, so it's, it's laid out pretty sweet. It's, it's been such a good vehicle and, and we've modified it so much on the inside that, you know, we get up close to 250,000 miles. I'm just buying a new engine and putting it, um, at the V10 Ford. So we're just going to put a new engine in it, man, and, and, and move forward because, you know, the amount of time it took to tear everything out and build the bunks, we had to move the bathroom. It was a crazy thing, man. It, it took about, Two weeks for the band, and then another few weeks for the crew moving the bathroom. So, you know, I'm pretty happy the way it's set up. And and uh, instead of buying a whole new RV, I'm just buying a new engine training. Hell with it. So now, like, what you? If I'm understanding you right, now when you want to watch Rhinestone, everybody else in the 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 RV can, or bus or can go to a different part of the bus. Yeah, well, they can go on the other TV and play video games. They're pretty much subjected to Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> masterpiece, Ron Stone. We'll have, have to you, listen to every single line. Have you had that out on this tour? No, actually, uh, my daughter and I watched it for the second time at home, but now that you mentioned it, we got four days off before our big headliner and release for Eloquent Demons. We're back home for like four days, so I believe... Uh, I need to bring it back out and torture souls with it. <laughs> I, I think that's a good move. Uh, I've actually watched it once since we talked. <laughs> and, like, I really, I, I, I can't understand why he watches this damn movie. I, I mean, it's so bad. It's just like I'm fascinated with it. the fact that Stallone thought he was being funny. <laughs> and, I mean, God, it's awful. Uh. So awful, I love it. It's like it was fascinating. Got made. I mean, at what some point in the production, halfway through, the director or someone had to go, "This sucks." Oh yeah, this is not good. <laughs> we talk about that on the podcast all the time, whether it be an album cover, or a certain song, or just anything. Is like, is nobody willing to just stand up, raise their hand, and go, "No." Uh, <laughs> but right, like, well, if I was Stallone's agent, I would have said just the concept alone. Like, I don't know if you're cut out for slapstick comedy or any comedy. Yeah. That said, I don't think it hurt his career too much. No, it didn't. But if you had, like, maybe Richard Pryor as a sidekick or, you know, uh, Joe Piscopo at the time or whoever was a hot comedian, Eddie Murphy, maybe it could have been funny. Yeah. But him as the main source of humor, No. Well, with that in mind, you you clearly think about these things. If if uh you if you were in charge of remaking Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, and the only criteria you had to meet was keep the you had to make it with the current band, what kind of is there any like ideas or changes you would want to do or? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, oh, yeah. Why they're just doing a concert in the park, and then, <laughs> man, that's a tough one too, because it's kind of so bad. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I still watch at least a couple times a year. Probably that maybe that's my rhinestone to, to yours. I would but say my change would be instead of just Ace really being dubbed, the entire cast is dubbed by someone else. I actually, you know what I thought would be funny is if like uh, uh, Eric Singer was overdubbed by Peter Chris. There we go. Because Peter was the one who was overdubbed in the movie. Yeah. Now, when Ace talks, though, that's how Ace talks anyway. No, no. No, that's actually Ace's voice in the movie. It's Peter that was overdubbed. Oh, okay. It's just that all Ace's lines are like, Ack! Curly! And, you know, like, because they didn't didn't follow. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. His Uh, book was pretty good, man. Oh, yeah, it was. I loved all their books, to be honest. Actually, yeah, I just read Paul's a Gene sucked, but uh, Peter's. I like Gene because uh, I love the intro when he said, uh, "You know, is, is love more important than money? If an Ethiopian woman loves her baby, but she doesn't have the money to feed it, so it dies." <laughs> is I was like, "What a sick bastard!" <laughs> oh my lord! I guess you're right, Gene. Money yeah. is more important than love. <laughs> uh. you know, 
Uh, I mentioned we, we, we just ran in, uh, we went to see you guys a couple nights ago. Now, um, my wife, uh, God bless her, uh, she's actually compared, like, how you hug to Marty, and anytime she gets to meet one of you guys, she's, she's the into my yang on these things, by the way. But, cool. so, so she comes along on all this stuff, um, and she gets to meet you guys, uh, but, but she, she has this very natural motherly reaction. She wants to feed and clothe everybody. And when when we were coming, she was like, uh, we should bring them a gift. And I'm like, what the hell are we going to buy them? So my question is, I wanted to do something practical. If if somebody wanted to buy a band, any band, not just you, like what's a practical gift for a band that's kind of touring? For a band, no band will complain if you buy a bottle of liquor. Okay, that's that's what I thought too, but that's not really like that that, uh, practical. What about like gas money or something? I mean, that could work. I mean, we, we put a list, our uh, fan page that's run by a different person. He puts a list of what everybody likes from Reese Cups to Diet Coke. Um, I, we had actually put out a bullet in the fans. The fans would bring us gifts all the time. Mm-hmm. And we had to tell certain fans to go listen, like duck shaped cookies and um, homemade uh, apple pie moonshine, which is terrible. <laughs> and it's not real moonshine. We just kept getting those two items. I'm like, listen, we can't have giant cakes in the bus this fall. And if you want to help us out, get um, someone get through his paper towels, plastic forks, paper plates, Diet Coke. Oh, water, there we go. Lunch meat, um, you know, uh, uh, wheat bread, um, you know, real sustenance food of any kind um, will be appreciated from chicken to you know, because we have our own stoves, so if you bring raw chicken or you bring a bunch of fried chicken or um, I eat a lot of salad, broccoli, all that stuff's good. But when in doubt and you don't have time to think of something thoughtful, nobody will be upset by a bottle of liquor. That will make put smiles all around. And that's not just my band. That's pretty much every band ever. <laughs> can't, if you can't think of anything else, just go spend 22 bucks on Jack Daniels or Jägermeister or Tito's Vodka, something like that, and you can't go wrong. There you go, folks. You heard it uh, right from uh, one of the best in the business. So, um, Well, uh, what are you listening to right now? What kind of music are you playing when you get time? Uh, let's see here. Um, gosh, man, it varies. I like Baroness a lot, a lot of new stuff. Um, they're really cool. Um Let's see. I think it's something that... Uh, old Kiss, generally. <laughs> yeah, right on. I, I'm getting burnt out on uh, Pandora because if you hit like, man, it just repeats the same six, seven songs you like. Oh, I fucking hate and, Pandora. For that yeah, exact for too, that, that exact I, reason. Yeah, I, I want a surprise when I'm at the gym or doing something. And, uh, and uh, lately we've done our new record, man, so... You know, I've been, I've been jonesing on it just because it got done. It's new and, and, uh, right I'm really excited about it, man. Um, and we're about to get into that because I got a lot of, to talk about on that. But, uh, um, let me just touch, uh, I, I actually stumbled across your first two records, uh, Primitive Epic. Is that what it's called? Or, yep. And what's the other one? Uh, shoot. Apologize for nothing. Apologize for nothing. Um, and I know a couple of these guys hung on a little bit later than that into uh, a couple of the a couple of the records. But do you stay in touch with like Jared Macon or Mike Steele or Chris Grogan? I uh, just texted Jared the other day, and Marty just called Chris Grogan. I mean, we lightly talk to Mike Steele here and there. We hear about him, but we don't really talk to him much. Okay. Is he uh, the, is he the guy spreading the crap on Wikipedia? <laughs> no, that okay. was a guy way back before they uh, ever recorded a song. Oh, way back then. So, but, uh, yeah, man, I just talked to Jared literally two days ago. We stay in touch, and we saw his baby uh, while we were home after one gig. And, uh, yeah, so we get along with all those guys, man. Yeah, right on. And you, you, you actually uh, stay pretty good on social media. I follow you on both. You actually tweeted, I think, today something about the older I get, the more I hate hearing nonsense. It's, it's basically about uh, people like copping out saying like there's i was wasted so that way i'm not responsible for what i did or something right yeah i like that i, I like it a lot because it, 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 i i assume you've made mistakes in your life that you've had to account for um like, oh yeah like so all of is. us 
Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's exactly what I was like, that, that was all me, my part, my bad part. Yeah, sometimes you fuck up and have to say sorry. Yep. Anyway, and also you are on Instagram on, uh, I see a lot of times you, you post like, you know, little lunches or something like that with your daughter. It's very cute. Yep, they'll have one Sunday, man. Yep. Right on. Try to, it, it was a cool summer. It was like I was home, but I wasn't, so we, I was working on a record. But I was home, and, you know, I even took her to rehearsal this summer and the studio. She got to say a uh, cryptic line on a song, so that was really cool. Which song? It's called uh, Reckless on the new record. Yeah, the last song. Yep. Right on. That's uh, her voice right at the beginning. Kick ass. Uh, well, let's get into it. Uh, again, the last time we talked, you were leaning more towards like an EP or maybe just dumping some songs out digitally. You guys hadn't really fleshed out what you were going to do next after anything that moves. Um, at what point do you, did it change that it was going to be a full record? Was it before uh, Hey You did, or after? I, had, I personally had a lot of choruses and, you know, we got as many done as we could. And I, I just, I want to do an EP because it's smart financially. It's the way to go these days. The band that killed me, I'm like, well, you know, what if a Velociraptor eats the band? And uh, these <laughs> other four songs never get finished. <laughs> so, you know, I really think about that. I'm like, man, let's write this one. Let's write that one. And I, I don't want to shortchange the fans. While we have it with the name, Eloquent Demons, okay, that sounds like an album to me. Um, you know, and I, I just felt like, man, let's give them something to listen to. Especially if Hey You was on it. And we only recorded maybe four to five more songs. I'm like, they already got Hey You. I just like rip off, and I just like albums. And we had the material, and said, well, let's just see what we can get away with. And and uh, we came together and and rehearsed our butts off and uh, took some skeletons and made them human. And, uh, you know, it all worked out in the end, and we have enough to make a record. Man, I'm happy. I just killed me to make an EP. I'm like, five songs? Why? Yeah, I mean, but that's, you know, you know, that's, that's the, uh, the passion side of you, right? Like the business side is like, because EPs or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it makes more sense than easier mentally, stress-wise, financially, all, it all makes sense. But man, I wonder, cause I heard that name, Eloqua Demon, I'm like, ah, it's not rounded out yet. We need more songs and go different places. So I'm real happy with it, man. So that came, that Eloquent Demons was something you came up with, or? Yes. Yeah, I came up with the title and, uh, management, Forced an August 25th release. <laughs> yes, an August 25th uh, release. Club, yeah, a big Newport music hall. Wanted that date if it was going to be a show. There was no negotiating. They based it on them, and this was in May. Uh, okay. And we had pieces of songs, and I, I wanted to choke my manager, Doug Weber, who's great. I said, man, you know, it might not be ready. We don't know. Because if we were going to postpone it, there might have been 13, 14 songs if we had made it maybe in October. But, you know, that became the date, so we made kind of a you know, Black Sabbath length album. I love the length of the record. I love uh, it, it. I love so many things about it that we'll get into. The title's great. Um, the album cover is amazing. Who did that? Kyle Haas. He's a uh, pretty well-known uh, comic book artist uh, from Columbus. And uh, I think Billy the Kid, his main thing, I think he's done Hellboy. He's done all kinds of stuff. And he's always at Comic-Con, and he's a big name, man. And uh, I knew of him. He was a friend of me on Facebook, and I just asked him, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, sure. And uh, <laughs> he's a fan of the band. And, uh, you know, uh, I you know, I thought it would cost, you know, gosh, five ten thousand dollars know, $10,000. I didn't know. So it was uh, pretty reasonable. Um and, uh, man, he just kicked butt at it. I told him the concept, a bunch of demons toasting, mm-hmm. you know, in a study. Yeah, and it's like Maybe each one of you as a demon. and Yeah, man, and uh, I gave him the idea. Tommy's kind of an octopus guy. Yeah. He's kind of <laughs> and, uh, man, he just killed it. He got our likenesses, and I, it just floored, floored by his work. He's an unbelievable artist. Agreed 100%. I love the album cover, man. I um, this thing, this record hits on so many levels. I, now, there was a, there was a couple of things that, uh, at the beginning of, um, anything that moves that really just grabbed me, especially the opener, but, uh, I'll be honest, it kind of fell a little flat for me. This record all the way through is amazing. 
Thank you. It is just, I was worried because like you guys did it so quick and like, you know, and if I look at it now, it's like, well, one of the songs is the Hey You cover, which I knew was coming and, and the, the opening track is just a speaking part. But my lord, this is perfect. You listen to it from beginning to end, you feel like you're listening to a record. It is so good, right. Sean. It, it, it really Thank is. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, and, and I did we myself... To, uh... Oh, I just want to say one last thing to kiss your ass. Uh, <laughs> I did myself sure. a favor by not buying the Hey You single. I saw you guys play it back in February, and I've seen a couple of live videos of it. But I heard the studio version for the first time when I heard it on this record. And then now hearing it in the way it was sequenced in here... It just, it really fit, and it, it was even better than I thought it would be. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, kiss away. I'll yeah. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so uh, at the beginning there, the Eloquent Demons intro, who's that talking? Me. One of our own has worked his way into the business world and into the White House. We are the ones pulling the strings, not Democrats. Seriously? Yeah, we octave my voice down to make it more demonic in the studio. Yeah, I'm more impressed it, uh, by the delivery. It's like, how many takes did it take you? Uh, we just, uh, not very long. We kind of screwed around one evening, and I really obsessed about it and had three versions. And I wanted to do one where I was talking in an English accent. I'm like, well, if I screw the English accent up, all our English fans will give me hell. So, and so I kind of took pieces of each one, and then we chopped a bunch out. It was actually longer. I went into the history of how demons moved through the centuries, and it was more in-depth, and it was a little too long. I was, like, giving, like, a prologue to a book almost. It was okay. more serious in the beginning, and it was just too long and too much explaining, and I explained how they built a gate and how they were going to deal with the negativity from social media. <laughs> it was pretty abstract. So we uh, we kind of chopped it up, and uh, I kind of did some parts off the cuff too, right and uh, we just pieced it together, and, and it made sense. It totally made sense, and and uh, just cut the fat off of it, man, and made it more. The version we came with was a little more fun and satirical, uh, dark still, but you know. Oh sure, but it kicks the record off great. No, it's awesome. Thank I, you. Yeah, uh, and then it goes into "I Am a Nightmare," which is I don't know. I, it doesn't quite have that uh, start a war, kind of just kick you in the face mentality, but it's pretty damn close, and it's a great tune. There's there's a little bit of a trade-off kind of melodically as you go through the verses there. Yeah, man, we just pulled it off uh, for the first time tonight, because uh, basically everyone oh, sings suck. the whole song. I'm the lead, but... You know, we wanted to pick, we wanted to, you know, a lot of fans say, how come we don't do the queen stuff anymore? Queen like harmonies. And, uh, so we thought, man, me too. I, I, I can bring that back. That's why the first verse, me and my brother thought, let's just drop the music out and do a four part harmony right in the beginning of the record, like queen like about, you know, a futuristic assassin and completely off the wall and, and, and come bubble flex style. And, uh, you know, I was, Super. It's my favorite track, personally. Um, really? And uh, and it's kind of a sequel to Spider in the Dark. Oh, I can see that. It even references uh, Spider in the Dark in the second verse. I explain that for me. Like like how? Um, uh, in the second verse, it says, uh, I came to end this fight that I didn't start and kill the spiders in the dark. I didn't. And, uh, I, I didn't catch it at all. Yeah, I'm working on the book for since college, and I brought it back. And uh, a spider in a bark is a lot of people don't know. They got a lot, of, and it's cool. I want people to take different meanings. We want to keep it kind of vague in the song, but uh, the philosophy of a uh, uh, future drug enforcer slash cult called the Spiders in the Dark, and a uh, uh, character in my book called Wraith, which we don't address in the song. We just kind of. The first song is uh, his philosophy about conquering and destroying people. And uh, uh, when it says I devour uh, the higher ups, the secret is the higher ups devour. They literally are cannibals and they, they eat their enemies out of intimidation. 
and uh, and they do it. They think they get power. That's kind of tribal in that sense. And uh, they're feared. And uh, the second song, I'm a Nightmare, is about an assassin. Uh, in the song, you know, we kind of keep it vague, but it tells the stories. His mother was killed in front of him when he was a kid. And uh, he's a, in the book, he a lot more explanation, but uh, he's a, an assassin called Reaper that says, call me Reaper in the pre-chorus. Okay. And uh, he's on a mission to hunt down and kill the spiders in the dark, and that's what the song's about. I am a nightmare. And uh, I've been through hell. I saw his mom die. And then he's going to kill him on it. says, I'll show you hell in the chorus. There you go. That's pretty deep, people, man. That is awesome. Yeah, so we can't get to, we pretty much tell a story. And uh, we also wanted lyrically, uh, even though it's a rock song with kind of a Metallica beat, um, we wanted the lyrics to feel like a kind of a outlaw western song. I'm the Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, um, Johnny Cash fan. So it does say just before World War Three the first line, but as it goes, it's a tale of vengeance and you know, talking about putting their bodies in the ground and and uh uh you know, a gun in his hand and he's out to kill you know, and show him hell. And uh, so <laughs> lyrically a little bit if you just read the lyrics, you know, it kinda echoes just kind of a, a cowboy vengeance song. I didn't think it was possible, but you made me like the song more. <laughs> cool, man, it's awesome. Now I'm going to go back and listen to it when we're done here. Jesus Christ. Uh, long time coming was the video. Um, I liked it a lot, but after, I, I, and I mean this as a compliment, after hearing the rest of the record, it's like one of my least favorite songs on the record. Uh, cool, man. That's a good thing. Yeah, I know, because I was like, wow, what a strong song. And then, like, I hear the album. And, but say what you will, uh, that and I Am a Nightmare and, a, and one of the other ones coming up are probably uh, my favorites. Say what you will. How does that come into the picture? Uh, Martin, uh, Jimmy wrote the music and had it, I don't know, six months ago. So we kind of played with it and changed it around. And and then uh, Marty had the chorus, and then he was stumped on verses, and then it became kind of a, a song about relevant events, which we don't really do a lot, mm-hmm. too much. And I was really, like, I thought, the heard the chorus, I thought it was there write about a relationship or something so i wasn't that stoked about it i mean i was excited about the music and then when i heard the vocals and he i went in and he said now you gotta go in and back me up and be deep and kind of you know a little slip naughty enough and the background vocals he said give me your hardest and i had to go back in and do hot vocals behind marty but man once i heard the lyrics man i was like super excited I'm like man i had no because this is you know when you're writing on the fly and you're in a rehearsal space and you're trying to you know get the structure of the songs down and you're you're writing lyrics together but you know certain songs are more finished than others so mm-hmm. some of this album was in our heads and we had an idea of what we were doing and then the other guys came in and wrote harmonies and so that song was a surprise to me as well in the studio I'm like man this is some of my favorite lyrics my brother ever wrote and uh it turned out great man I went in and heard the lyrics for the first time I go I'll do Axl Rose behind you on this one and I'll do <laughs> kind of deep behind on this one. We kind of chop it up that way um, for the harmonies and just the vocal effects. Some of them are just octaves. And, uh, man, you know, I was as pleasantly surprised as you, man. I was like, all right, this song rocks now. Yeah, it it it, it really is amazing. Um, the Off of the Head track kind of reminded me of, uh, shoot, uh, I'm Glad You're Dead a little bit. Uh, is yep, that a- but I... I wrote both songs. That's probably why. <laughs> okay, yeah. Hey, the, I want to do a ballad that was not a ballad, like that. And uh, you know, social media, like the first line, how many pictures of your face you need to take. I yeah. thought people would relate to that. And seeing girls just saying they're going out, but it's just a picture of their face again. You'll look on their Instagram, and it's their face in about two different angles, over and over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> and you just scroll, and it's just their face nonstop. And it's like they're in love with their own image. And, um, you know, there was a period, too, before my current girlfriend, um, after me and my baby's mom split and the band was out touring, I just mowed through pretty girls and dated them for a month or two and then moved to the next. And, you know, the slightest thing that annoyed me, I just moved on to the next girl because I just really wasn't into a serious relationship. Um, I was hanging out with my daughter a lot, and mm-hmm. you know, like, why'd you break up with her? She was hot. I'm like, eh, off with her head. 
So you kind of kept that in the back of your mind? Yeah, that was in the past uh, around Hell of My Heart and Charlotte's Web. And, you know, it was a cool and fun phase. But that's how I felt. Like, uh, like Henry VIII, you know, off with your head on the mix. And I just thought it was kind of, it was kind of a funny way of looking at, at uh, you know, being shallow and dumping girls and, and being bored by a lot of uh, people you date. Well, the lyrics definitely uh, come across that way. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm not going to get into the relationship stuff with you. Uh, <laughs> hey, you, did uh, my my question mainly with that is, uh, did you were you guys uh, thinking about doing that or or starting to flesh that idea out before Disturbed ruined? Uh, um, it was actually supposed to be a buffer between. Anything that moves and uh, went demons. Oh, like just and, kind of a, uh, something to throw out there. Yeah, and then, and then uh, you know we thought it had some radio potential, or a radio program that could really push it. So we kind of did a video that wasn't planned and did all kinds of stuff for it. And then we thought, well, we'll just put it out in a physical copy and get it digitally. It'll be part of the record now. But you know, it, it came out uh, at least in my world um, after. Disturbed, kind of did uh, what, I, what I like. Uh, what I like to say is kind of a. They kind of took your your idea with that whole. Uh, um, yeah, with Amazon, and that was that was uh, my brother's thinking with it. Uh, was we need a new? If we're gonna do a, okay. a big cover live. Let's go ahead and move on to something else that we can make our own. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, it kind of sucks they ruined that for you because, oh, at least for the fans, because I know I always enjoyed seeing that. But um, I don't know. Do you guys ever bring it back once in a while, Sound of Silence, or not? No, we haven't played it for quite a while. Yeah. And some fans are pretty upset, but uh, we're like, well, it's All their right. thing, man. I don't want to come off like, you know, we're doing their thing now. Exactly. I understand new, why. Man. You know, Like, you know, it became theirs yeah. once they sold 8 billion copies of it. Yeah, whatever. And you said your daughter is uh, singing at the beginning of Reckless, and that would be one of my other tracks that just really stuck out on this record. I love it. Which one's that again? Reckless. And you, oh, thank you, you, man. Thank you. And you said it's your daughter singing at the beginning, right? Yep, that's her at the beginning uh, saying, why do you keep killing yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I had those riffs. Uh, I wrote it all on guitar, which is rare for me. Usually I write melodies and choruses, and I've heard all the riffs, and I'm like, man, this song's got to go down. And it, it wasn't 100% finished, and then... Right at the end, man, we got the verses done, and, um, yeah, I'm real happy with it, and we really wanted to make sure we had memorable uh, guitar riffs on this album. Yeah, so do you play any, any uh, other instruments besides the guitar at all? Uh, no, no, I, I, you know, I dilly-dally on the keyboard, just uh, for melodies, but that, mm-hmm. that's it for me, man. When did you uh, start singing, by the way? Uh, probably around 98. Oh. We had a couple other vocalists where my brother and I first formed an early version of the band. And, and a tattoo artist goes, why don't you click these other clowns out and you and your brother just sing? I'm like, you know, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so we kind of changed the dynamic of the band. And my brother and I started singing all the stuff. And, you know, it was a work in progress. And, and Jared joined the band. And, and uh, we got a couple record deals, and, and it, what started out as a, something fun to do on the weekends while we were in college. We dropped out of college, and it became a career, and we had no idea. If we would have known it would have been this serious and lasted this long, we would have probably made, took our name more seriously and thought of something <laughs> a little more rock-oriented. Because <laughs> I'm a big comic book geek, and uh, we just changed both that. One said, flex, like, good enough, let's go play. Yeah. Uh, I love the name though. And in '92, it was uh, you know we you know before the real band started, it was kind of cool to do a pure alternative to do like a a pop culture joke name, you know. Oh, absolutely. And people still do it. Um, there's a John Cougar concentration camp, one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> so yeah, man. We, well, yeah, I, we I, not to talk about myself, but my band's name is Jesus Chrysler, and we were founded in '98. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's writing exactly what you were just saying. So, 
just that that ironic, stupid pun. Yeah, it really didn't serve us any, right. any better than you. Uh, actually, much less better than you because I, I go out and pay to see you. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Uh, hey, by the way, I wanted to mention. Um, I I don't know. I've seen you guys five in about the five times in about the last two years, and I don't know if it was just a PA thing or things are starting to gel a little more because, like I said, I've never really seen a bad show, even the one that I knew you were sick. Um, Dave's vocals really stuck out uh, a couple nights ago. It's is I it, I don't know if that's an intentional thing, but I know he always sang. I just maybe uh. Didn't really quite catch it, or maybe because I was usually working. This one was one that I just came as a fan, but it was right. uh, uh, it was cool. It varies with the PA in the room, and sometimes certain you know uh, pitches come out better in certain PAs, and and uh, it could be the room's concrete. We got a pretty good sound guy, Dave Bigelow, who's been with us since about 2008. So he's kind of like a sixth band member mm-hmm. and uh, accents all the effects in the right parts, knows the out albums by heart so man he really you know that's a key element he's been with us forever man so i put up with him playing uh shooter first person shooter games for about eight hours a day before <laughs> sound check it's annoying um but he's a good sound guy he's been with us forever so it's a small price to pay yeah I mean, no way was i saying you guys ever sounded bad it just really hit me that night uh and it, uh, like I said, uh, you guys always sound really good. So, thanks, man. One of the tightest bands out there. Um, well, before I let you go, um, I, 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 there's one thing that I, I am trying to get done. Any, I, I, you ever heard of like actualized reality, where it's basically like if you want something, you just say it over and over again, and maybe it'll eventually become true. Yeah, that's like what the secret that book's based on. Yes, yes. Um, so here's my actualized reality. Every time I write about you guys, anytime I have a chance to talk to you or anybody, and, and I'm going to broadcast it, I'm going to make this one statement that I think is something that definitely should be true, and that is, bury, with, bury me with my guns on should be one of those rock, hard rock radio station staples that are just beat to death across the United States. That, that that should be up there with some of these disturbed and uh, Godsmack songs that get played over and over again. Like the ones that have been around for a decade, you know, that, that still get kind of a somewhat regular rotation. That song is just brilliant. It fits right in that genre. It hits all the guttural notes that everybody needs to hear that, that, that are attracted to those things. Like not just the, the, the hardcore fan like me, like the, the, the more general populace. That song needs Absolutely. to be... On every hard rock radio station, once a day, everywhere. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I, I didn't think I'd get an argument from you, but that is my uh, actualized reality. And there are places where it's been played for, you know, uh, let's see, seven or eight years straight. You know, it, there are definite places. Yeah, there. it's like pockets, yeah, man, though. I, I, could use, I could use the uh, cash and yeah, they start playing it everywhere like that. You know, uh, Coyote Ugly, and I thought the guy was feed me a line we were playing in austin texas beside one and he said yeah man you know they have a routine to your song and all the coyote uglies i'm like bullshit and uh sure enough he goes come in tonight i'll have a girl good he played with the jukebox and they had a whole routine with six shooters and all that you know fake ones you know with their hands and they had a whole routine all the girls did a whole choreography to it and he said if you ask for burying my guns in london they should know it in uh, coyote ugly right on and and by the way that that's a that's the world i want to live in sean is a world where that is the truth i want that reality everywhere especially in coyote ugly but you know i we we saw we saw you in oshkosh last summer and like you know i come from the twin cities and none of the radio stations around here play it um and the closer we got to Oshkosh, there's, there's one station. I can't remember what it was. Is it K? Ah, oh, shit. Maybe you know. What's the Wisconsin? All the Wisconsin stations play us nonstop. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my Lord, I'm actually hearing Bobo Flex on the radio. And I just, yep, I don't know. That's our, we're the Beatles of Wisconsin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's the best thing I can say about Wisconsin is that they play, they play Bobo Flex. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Any Any parting shots? Any final words you'd like to say? Eloquent Demons, August 25th, buy it. It's on all forms of digital formats. And if you want a physical copy, come to the show. And then, uh, um, uh, yeah, man, that's it. 
Is that the only way I'm going to get a physical copy is getting in at the show? No, just uh, hit management up and uh, um, our, uh, yeah, he should be able to take care of it. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I I want to buy it. I already got the free digital copy for an yeah, advance. Yeah, just go to our website or our Facebook and uh, it will direct anybody else who wants a physical yeah, copy no. where they can order that. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely go out and buy it. I mean, because then everybody, I don't care what format anybody buys it, but we need to get a, well, I don't know. One last thing, I guess. We need to get more money from streaming to the artist, right? Until then, we yep. we want to like find a way to get people away from streaming. Or, I mean, you know, if you stream it, great. I still get paid either way. And uh, iTunes is uh, it, 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 we made a lot of good money off of iTunes. And you know, you buy the song, you own it, as opposed to streaming. But if they got to stream it on Spotify, they stream it on Spotify. Well, any way they want to come get it. You but there, money from all of there are three groups involved, and two of them are getting rich, and the one that isn't isn't the artist, and that, I think that's got to change. I think so, too. <laughs> I, I, I would assume you would. Um, well, I, I've told you before, every time I've talked to you, um, I think what you do is really important, and it really matters, and it's not just because I like you. I think there's a lot of people like other bands that I don't care for as much that are also working very hard and doing a good job out there. And music is important, art is important, and uh, the, the the level of importance that w- we as a society put on art is a direct correlation in the type of society we have. So we should pay Absolutely. more attention to agree it. more, man. We're out here pushing it. And keep doing it, man, because, uh, well, I, I couldn't appreciate it more. Um, my, Like I said, my co-host, though, would be more happy if uh, you didn't come to my neighborhood five times a year and he only sees you once every four years. Uh, but I don't, I'm not sure what you can do about that. Where is it? Where's that again? Well, he lives in Denver now. He was in South Florida for the longest time. Yeah, we'll be heading out to Denver soon, man. So tell him what's coming. All right, man. I'll make sure he knows, man. He he made sure I knew about this show. So, but of course, I, I would have found out either way. Uh, Sean, I, I stalk you guys. Hell yeah, brother! All right, man. You have a good night. Thank you so much for calling and. Uh, uh, Eloquent Demons out uh, next Friday, August 25th. Yep. Have a good night, man. All right, brother. Thanks for everything, man.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 